Is it flesh in the fantasy? Is that what she says? I need to look up the words. <laughs> Seems very important right now. They really die. We have to know. Hmm. Hi. Hey. Uh, this is the Witch's Magic Murder mm-hmm. Mystery Podcast. Sure is. Not we, a karaoke podcast. This, uh, that's not accurate. It, it is are. sometimes a karaoke Actually, podcast. Actually, a karaoke podcast. Yeah. I'm Megan. I'm Kara. It's a Friday episode. Yeah, that's a long one. It's a bit of a doozy. Oh. Remember your kidnappings? Was it Cleveland? Was it Ohio? Oh, I know this one. Yeah. I saw that you had put it on the Patreon as a, as a choice. Mm-hmm. When I was researching the Cleveland Strangler yeah. one, saw this one. What's happening, and Cleveland? Had some things Are you to all say. okay? Yeah, I've got some thoughts. Although I didn't read the whole thing. I just saw mm-hmm. bits and pieces, so I'm interested to hear the whole thing. Well, then at the end, I don't know if we're allowed to share this video content, but it's this guy that kicked in the door is interviewed and you know how they like auto-tune and make things into a song like well there's a rapist in lincoln park climbing in your window just snatching your people up okay they did the same thing for this guy uh-huh he's like dead giveaway dead giveaway we uh-huh. see ribs with this dude oh and my you're God. like oh well we can put a like, link that to was it his in the notes news interview he's like this guy's got big testicles we see ribs with him if like all the time we used to see him every day Oh my god! Oh my god! I was gonna say real quick, just in true crime news, because yes. there's a big thing. Oh yeah, the Brittany Drexel update. Yes, that? yeah. That case has always, always, always bothered me. It's one of those cases that's been around forever. I think it, the case itself was 17 years old. Mm-hmm. Brittany was 17 when she went missing. She wasn't supposed to go on spring break. She wanted to go on spring right. break with her friends. Her right. mom said no, and then she like snuck off anyway. Mm-hmm. She said she was going to a friend's house. Yep. Turned out she went to Myrtle Beach. It's oh, such a thing that I'm like. That could have been me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because all my friends, especially my senior year of high school, they all went to Panama City. Mm-hmm. Oh, Panama City. And I didn't go. My mom wouldn't let me go. Right. And I remember being like, oh, man, everybody else is going except Mary Beth. Like, this isn't fair. So me and Mary Beth and my mom and my grandmother went to the Biltmore Estate. Oh, <laughs> that's like today. Listen, I would think that's more fun. It was amazing. And, me, and it was, you know, me and Mary Beth always had a good time together. She yeah. was my best friend all through from the moment we met, basically. So yeah. fourth grade on and went to college and stuff together. So we had a great time. <laughs> but I'm like, I know exactly how Brittany Drexel yeah. felt. She just wanted to go to this beach. And then one night she, I think she was going from where her friends were back to the hotel. Mm. And then she disappeared and nobody knew what happened to her. And now they yeah. arrested a man. They found her body. His mugshot is horrifying. Have you oh seen my it? gosh, yeah. Like he has one eye closed. It bothers me. It bothers me a lot. I'm glad they found her. Yeah. I hate, I mean, I'm sure there's like a new part of mourning that happens right, now, exactly. but at least sure. there's answers. Just like yeah. we talked about last time. At least it's better to have answers. Right. Okay. Now on to now, your horrible now story. Now on to this horrible, horrible story. Um, trigger warning. Going to go ahead and put that out there. Rape, you know, domestic violence, mm. all of these horrible things. So if you struggle with listening to stories about that just skip ahead to the tuesday side piece okay i'm just gonna say right now <laughs> just see you later <laughs> i'm just and i'm like just staring at <laughs> may <Megan> left <laughs> and weird it's the kara show today <laughs> strange Man, that looks so good. oh yeah guys i got a new tattoo she did and it looks amazing was it, it the same person as this one no oh 
This what is different. I went to Bluebird Inc. In oh, I've heard about them. Louisville. I saw Louisa. She was incredible. Oh, um, but if you're on the YouTube video, you can see. It's see? so good. I mean, I just love it. Like that shading right there is mm-hmm. amazing. So I highly recommend her. It's an all-female all tattoo artist, female-run business. some empty spaces here. It was great. I'm not it's Louisa. Louisa. Amazing. She was incredibly talented. I love it so much. Okay. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> like I said, trigger warning. If you, if you really struggle with that, just skip ahead. May 6, 2013, Amanda Berry called 911 from an adverse phone. Said, I've been kidnapped. I've been missing for 10 years. I'm here. I'm free now. 10 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like why it's so hard. Like if for people oh, man, like Brittany Drexel's family who didn't know, you know, and then they hear stories like this where 10 years later, this person pops up. Right. Exactly. And I don't know at that point. I mean, I guess there's no good outcome. No. Because if you're still alive 10 years later, what have you been through for those 10 years? And these people have been. Oh, there. hell. Yeah. So either way, it's just horrible. Yeah. Horrible. I'm Googling this girl's name. You don't just magically know how to pronounce it? No, you know I don't. Our best DeJesus. We'll be back. You think? Today, we remember the strength of Amanda Berry, Gina DeJesus, and De Michelle Jesus. Knight. And the strength I mean, showed- I don't know if that's ever happened before. I'm really glad we got it on camera. That's amazing. <laughs> Who would have thought? It's just because it's not my episode. Right, exactly. If it was my episode, I would have pronounced every single part of it. Yes. <laughs> so Amanda Berry, Gina DeJesus, and Michelle Knight were held captive for more than nine years by... A man named Ariel Castro. He had kidnapped each one of them at separate times between the years of 2002 and 2004. Amanda and Gina were interviewed by 2020. So on April 21st, Amanda Berry gets abducted. She said it was the day before her 17th birthday. She was getting ready for work. Uh, She said, I almost called off for work that day because the next day was my birthday. And you know what? What if? What if I would have called off? Her 17th birthday. Mm-hmm. And this is in Cleveland, right? She was walking home from work, and a car started following her. And a guy asked if she needed a ride home. He was an elementary school bus driver and the dad of one of Amanda's friends and classmates. Oh, my God. So she recognized him. I, don't, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. A little info about him. He was born in Puerto Rico in 1960. He had a very abusive relationship with his wife. I think it's Grimilda Figueroa. Like I said, they had a rough marriage. She left him in the 90s. And he would give her death threats. And her. they had four kids together. Death threats. He would abuse her physically. Uh, broke her nose. Dislocated her shoulder twice. One time he beat her so badly that she had a blood clot on her brain. 2005, court documents said that he would frequently abduct his daughters and keep them from his wife or his ex-wife. So, 2004, he was working as a bus driver, left a child alone on a bus. So then he was fired in 2012 for doing the same thing again. I wonder if 2004 to 2012 never pressed charges or something. Like, I'm surprised he could get a job in the school system if mm-hmm. he had a violent history mm-hmm. and that's not a judgment on her she can do whatever she wants i'm just glad she got out of the marriage whether she pressed charges or not but i'm, right, mis- exactly. I'm wondering if she pressed charges and it's just didn't matter mm-hmm. or or what right but also remember amanda's abducted in 2003 mm-hmm. he's still working as a bus driver mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
it has like he knew Amanda then because mm-hmm. his daughter was a friend of hers, mm-hmm. which just the implications of that are gross. Yeah. And his daughter's quoted saying that she thought of him as a friendly, caring, doting man who took her out for motorcycle rides and his lined his kids up in the backyard for haircuts. And she said, but that all changed when she found out what was going on. She said, I wonder this whole time, how could he be so good to us? But he took young women, little girls, someone's babies away from their families and over the years felt enough guilt or never felt enough guilt to just give up and let them go free. I mean, that's like Dennis Ryder, BTK. Yeah, like, exactly. He, like, his family was the same way. His that he loved daughters, and cared for. Or claimed he loved and cared for. But, I mean, they weren't... There's some weird way they separate it, and I don't get it. But I, I felt so know. bad for his family. Because How? just, like, the things he did to people. And then, well, it's the same for... Is it the movie? Not the movie. The documentary, The Clearing or something. It's the guy that was found in Louisville, and he had, like, killed all those people. Mm-hmm. And the girl was, like... I, she had like heard a story and she's like, I think that's my dad. Mm-hmm. And that's how they found him. I think I listened to the podcast. Yeah. I don't watch anything. I just listened to podcasts yeah. about it. Maybe it was sure. just a podcast, but yeah. I think it was called The Clearing. But it's been so long since I've listened right, to it. I same. can't remember the details. Over, but yeah, years, I mean, but I feel like I've heard that in more than one story, though, where people right. are just like, how could he have such a double sided personality? Yeah. Like, he, how could he be so loving and caring to these people yeah. and then go and do these horrible things? Yeah. So the way he convinced Amanda, he was like, you want to go see my daughter? She's at the house. She said, I said, yeah, sure. So two-story house. He said, well, my daughter might be in the bath at the moment, so let's just go on in. He said, we'll just wait for her. She said, so he started showing me around the house. I never got back out. He took her upstairs, showed her a mysterious woman sleeping in a bedroom in front of a television set, which she learned was Michelle Knight. She was abducted by him at 21 and held by him for almost a year. During this interview, she was like, just these memories are still so very, like, heart-wrenching. She was like, it's all still so very raw to me. Well, it's the moment her life changed. Exactly. So this was 2003. So the first one was Michelle in 2002. Okay. She said, he took me to the next bedroom and it was really dark in there. He didn't turn on the lights and there was a little, like, a little room off of the bigger bedroom, kind of a big closet. And he took me in there and he told me to pull down my pants and from there. She said, I knew it was not going to be good. Then she said, after that, she said, he took me to the basement, taped my wrists, taped my ankles and put a belt around my ankles over the tape. He put a helmet over my head and said, just be quiet and don't make any noise and I'll take you home. He changed her to a pole turned off the lights, and left her in a very dark room with a TV on. She said, I started screaming and crying. Somebody please help me. And nobody came. She said, I was so scared that I was going to die. I didn't think I was ever going to make it. April 24th, 2003, day four, she starts seeing stuff on the on the news. Her mom and sister were on the TV in front of her. God, that would have to be just... Mm-hmm. And she said, you know what? I'm going to make it home to you. That kept me going. As long as you fight, I'm going to fight. Isn't that horrible? Just, oh my God. That's upsetting. Years. To think about mm-hmm. from both sides, too. And, you yeah. know, you see those parents on the news and they talk yeah. to their missing child. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times when I watch those, I know this is awful, but I'll watch those and I'll just be like, yeah, your child is probably never going to It's gonna not going to But yeah. then you think. She heard she it. She heard it. Every bit of it. Oh, God. But the fact that he 
turn the TV on, probably knowing that that was going to happen. Like, did he think that was going to break her? I don't know. So on that day, he moved her upstairs to a bedroom and chained her to the radiator. She said it was really hard, you know, because in the beginning, the chain was around my stomach. Going to sleep at night, you know, I wanted to toss on my back. You can't do that. You have to take the whole chain and move it to the front of your stomach so you're not laying on a big lock on your back. Isn't that, I'm like, what? researching this i was just like i don't know that i can do this she did this for like 10 years yeah i don't think i freaking years a week after he took her he starts calling her family they received a late night call from him using her phone she said he called and said i have mandy which nobody called her mandy but people who knew her she wants to be with me so 2003 FBI is just now getting technology to start tracking people's phones, and they were able to narrow it down to a 30 to 40 block area. 30 and 40 blocks is a lot of houses, especially in that area. I don't care, though. No, search <laughs> every day. Like, one of them. I'd be knocking on every freaking Exactly. Hour. So they said, we spent about a week around the clock in that area, hoping the phone would be used again, but he never used it again. And that was the last they heard anything said the fbi agent her room was the size of a closet like i mentioned like he didn't take her to that bedroom he took her to the smaller one she said the mattress was old and nasty it was disgusting and we had a bucket to use the bathroom in i wonder what it must have been like for michelle who's been there a year Mm -hmm. and then sees another woman coming in yeah and you know what their future is going to be oh my god yeah i wonder if michelle was the first exactly and then for her to see more coming in she said I just became numb to everything. The abuse, sexual abuse, everything. She was just like, what What else do you do? You're, you're chained up. Like, what? She said, your mind has to go somewhere else so you're not there. You're not in the room with them. She started keeping a diary, and she would use a code of how many times a day he would do this to her. She said, I'd write these numbers at the top of these pages because I felt like, you know, one day maybe authorities will get to read this, and he'll be punished for every act that he did. Oh, God. To think like that. She said, I didn't know if we were going to be murdered or if he wanted more girls in the house. Like, what was he going to do to us? April 2nd, 2004, Gina Jesus is abducted. She so was a year later, right? Mm-hmm. About a year. Yeah. So he's doing April. once a year. Yeah. Mm. She was 14. Yeah. She was also close friends with one of his daughters. Uh, and he was close friends with her dad. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. The girls were heading home from school. They went their separate ways, and he picked her up on the curb. Also, you know his daughters, who had friends abducted now. This is both of his daughters. Exactly. Are bound to be a little nervous and terrified, and I wonder Mm -hmm. if they ever talked to him about that. Right. Or if he ever tried to comfort them. Exactly. Okay, so it said that he said... Have you seen my daughter? And she said, yeah, she's right around the corner. This is when they just left each other. He said, can you help me find her? And she was like, sure. So she got in his car. Um, She said he was fixing his eyebrows, trimming his mustache, cutting his nose hairs. She said he like starts to like touch me and stuff. And then I'm like, what are you doing? You could go to jail. He said, well, okay, we're going to go home now. But you can't go through the same door you came in. What? Like... When he got her there, he's like, but you can't go, like, if you came in the front door, you can't go back out that front door. Oh. So then he, like, takes her and puts her in the house. 
when he abducted her, he chained her up, but he didn't make it tight enough. She said, I threw it over and then I tried to run, but he sat on my back and then I started kicking him and I kicked him and I bruised him really bad, but he overpowered her. The radio in the his basement and the radio in the living room were so loud that nobody could hear her. <sighs> uh, she said he would like take my hair and put it in his mouth and I would, she was like, it was just gross. Like what, what is wrong with this man? He's 14. Mm-hmm. She says she remembers the exact date of the abuse, um, but she wouldn't talk about any more of it. She was a baby. His son was a student journalist, wrote an article about the missing family friend and her disappearance. He interviewed her mother, Nancy, and she said, people are watching out for others' kids. It's a shame that a tragedy had to happen for me to really know my neighbors. Bless their hearts. They've been great. When their neighbor is the man that took her kid. Mm-hmm. Horrible. Uh, yeah. <laughs> a hard time. Okay. Oh, I know. Like, I was like that doing this. Like, I already uh, I cried so much reading this. Like, doing all the research. Kara. Yes, Megan. I have been seeing all over TikTok these hair straighteners. Ever since I got my hair cut, I still feel like I'm learning how to do my hair all mm-hmm. over again. Let me tell you, I have found one that works really well. It's um, from Tymo, uh-huh. T-Y-M-O. Yes. And it is the company for getting the best type of straightener for everything your hair could possibly need. It's all over social media right now with products from $59.99 to top of the line straighteners. Each of their products are built to last and have so many options for whatever your hair needs are. So Kara and I received a couple of the products. Oh my we gosh. got a so exciting and a blow dryer. Yeah. So I'm going to talk about the straightener because that's the one that I have used. It has a cordless design, which makes it so right. handy. You traveled with it. Yes. So it's great for getting a good hair reset on the go because it's so portable and convenient. It's called the Porta. It has this 3D comb design, which is enhanced by cutting edge NCH anionic technology. So you brush it through your hair, it straightens as it goes, and it pushes against this ceramic plate that gives a frictionless glide that promises to curb frizz by 50%. And I've totally seen that because my hair gets frizzy and this just really smooths it out. I really loved it. Okay, so I got the air hype. I'm obsessed with it. I have just like naturally curly wavy hair so it was a huge game changer for me it dries your hair in half the normal time and it keeps your hair safe and shiny which i noticed immediately mm-hmm. i didn't even need to straighten it afterwards and usually i do because usually i have all those wild like curls left over yeah. the wind power on this thing is intense it's wild like i turned it up i was like let's play with these buttons okay so it has three magnetic styling attachments they're all amazing you know how some blow dryers you get are like if you go to a hotel and there's a diffuser and you're like oh my gosh this is like tearing my hair to pieces and it's right. gonna be so tangled not with this one nice. and it's magnetic so it's great so right now you guys our listeners can get 30 percent off their first order at timobeauty.com t-y-m-o beauty.com using the code WMM30. So that's just two M's. You guys know our codes usually have three. So just keep that in mind. So with so many great products to choose from, now's the time to upgrade your styling and curling kit. So go to tymobeauty.com and use the code WMM30 for 30% off your first purchase. Goodbye. Goodbye. Menopausal and perimenopausal women, listen up. It's time to take control of your health and comfort and Winona is here to help. Winona is a telemedicine company for menopause care who believes that your symptoms are real, important, and deserve to be taken seriously. And for many women, this starts with hormone replacement therapy. Winona's HRT is made with plant-based, bioidentical hormones rather than synthetic ones. 
so it better aligns with your body to offer relief from hot flashes, weight gain, and other uncomfortable symptoms. 80% of women who use Winona find relief within just 90 days. So, what are you waiting for? Get started today. Visit buywinona.com today to start your free visit. With free shipping and the ability to pause or cancel at any time, your path to wellness has zero obligations. Use code SPRING24 at buywinona.com for 25% off your first treatment plan. That's B-Y-W-I-N-O-N-A dot com for 25% off. Winona, menopause care made easy. So she said that, DeJesus said that he treated me like I was the favorite. She said he just, I have I had a nicer room. She said, I feel like it was to make the other girls jealous. <sighs> um, and she said that he took special care to keep us divided not allow us to talk he was watching our every move yeah because he can't even if they're all women and young girls he still yeah. can't take the risk of the three of them banding together yeah did his children never come to his house in this whole time right like i guess that like did his ex-wife i don't i don't remember seeing that did his ex-wife live up the street i don't know well in the way his daughter described him where she called him a kind man or right. something instead of father yeah yeah makes it seem like maybe they yeah and it could have just been semantics but it felt like right, there's exactly. some distance yeah the for language. sure yeah they said that they had to use tiny drops of dish soap to wash full sinks of like a full sink of dishes so he made them do household chores like he would keep the doors locked and watch their every move but they had they did everything in the house everything I didn't make Kleenex. Yep. <laughs> All of a sudden, I started to wipe my nose on the YouTube video. Okay, hang on, guys. It's, it's rough. I think it's because I'm thinking about, like, my kids. Exactly. I'm thinking about every time I've ever trusted neighbors. with a man. Right. I'm yeah. just like, y'all don't usually see, like, well, just like you said, the Cleveland Strangler one. I cried through the right, whole thing right, when exactly. I was researching yeah. that. So. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm fine. Everything's fine. Here we are. <sighs> I can handle this. I'm great. Everything's fine. Like I said, triggers. <laughs> no feelings. So many triggers. Okay. I think it's good that we have feelings. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Okay. She said that when they would put pots on the stove, he would get so angry if it was not exactly in the middle. It couldn't be a little to the left. It couldn't be a little to the right. Like it had to be exact. Uh, she said that filling the empty hours, they would keep diaries and notebooks, napkins, fast food bags. The only entertainment they had, the only knowledge they had of the outside world was a tiny black and white TV. They never saw the sun. Yeah, when uh, you were talking about Amanda and how she was like, I went in and I never came out. And yeah. I was like, oh my God, she never went outside. Exactly. For yeah. 10 years. 10. Okay, it gets worse. Amanda's mom passed away while she was held in captivity in 2006. Amanda said she would watch the Montel Williams show, and there was a psychic Sylvia Brown on there, and she would hope that her mom would appear on the program so she could tell her mom that she was alive and okay, that she could try to communicate with her through the psychic. Isn't that so freaking brown? Sad. Mm -hmm. Um... Her mom did end up going on the show in 2004, and freaking Sylvia Brown said, I'm sorry, she's not alive. So she said, my mom broke down crying, and that hurt even worse. Like, what the absolute hell? Like, she makes me so mad. 
I think I've talked about her on a couple different episodes and every time I'm just like, "Mm -mm." yeah, it's not that I don't believe in psychics. I do. I think there are people in the world who have the ability to do a lot of things that are outside the norm, but I think Sylvia Brown, maybe she does have the ability, but she also lies a lot just to make money. I don't know, but I don't even know. She, I mean, I just think she's, or maybe she had it at one time and then she exploited it and now. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Right. No, no. I'm like her and her nasty finger. Okay. So Amanda ends up pregnant mm-hmm. and gives birth around Christmas 2006. Um, so she said she realized three she, years. Mm-hmm, she realized she could possibly be pregnant on her 20th birthday. She said, I was terrified. How? I mean, I barely eat and I'm chained to a wall and I have a bucket for a bathroom. Little Jocelyn was born um, on Christmas. So in 2006, she said, this is his kid. You know, how do I feel about that? She resembles him a lot. And I would just look at her and I just felt like she's mine. She's mine. So she had to keep reminding herself, but she, this is my, it's not just his. Yeah. This is my baby. But I mean, I don't want to get into like pro-life stuff, but situations like this, like how can you expect a victim that has to be the hardest to look at that child. I mean, you're going to love it. It's your baby. But just to rehash every memory that you have. I don't know. I wouldn't want to be in the position. And I wouldn't no. want either of my daughters to have to make that kind of choice. No. And then Gina said that having the little girl there with them was a welcome distraction. It was fun because I can get away from the situation. When I was playing with Jocelyn, Jocelyn made me forget everything. So this sweet little girl was allowed to be with everybody. And just beloved by everybody i wonder if he was nice to her Mm -hmm. but also just the fact that he did this to these three women and then he has another daughter Uh but he already had daughters like Mm -hmm. does he not these women are somebody else's daughters like don't you care yeah they were your daughter's friends listen he made her give birth in a kiddie pool so she wouldn't make the house messy what an asshole So then Gina and Michelle start sharing a room and Jocelyn one day saw chains on her mom and Amanda said we had to tell her that they were our bracelets. She was two, almost three, when he decided to take the chains off and it was only because of her. She was locked in with the three, like all the three ladies. Jocelyn was occasionally allowed to go outside in the backyard or to the park or to Sunday services with her dad. I'm glad she likes Sunday services. Yeah, like let's keep up the appearance of exactly. Also, weren't people like, "Who's this kid with you? Why does this kid look like you?" I feel like he would just say it's his grandchild or something, right? I guess. God. Well, nobody's gonna think you must have three women held captive in your home and you got one of them pregnant. You know what I mean? Like it's such an insane thing. I'm sure everybody just thought it's his grandchild. Look great in that sweet. Yeah. Look at this. He's extra credit because he's taking care of a child. Well, and he's bringing her to church services. Oh, what a good He's teaching her about the Lord. I'm going to lose it. Exactly. (laughs) So now let's fast forward to May 6, 2013. This is more than nine years that they've been in captivity. Jocelyn goes downstairs, runs back up. She said, quote, I don't find daddy. Daddy's nowhere around. Amanda said, my heart immediately started pounding. I'm like, should I chance it? If I'm going to do it, I need to do it now. She said, for the first time in her 10 years being held captive, her bedroom door was unlocked. 
he was nowhere to be found. There was a wire with an alarm on the front door, and the storm door was padlocked shut, but she could squeeze her arm out. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. And it's Gina doing this. It is Amanda doing this. Okay. But the her little, door was unlocked. Yeah, Jocelyn told Gina about it. Like, can you imagine mm-hmm. just this small, quiet chatter that was probably going on between them? Because they had no clue that if they were being watched or what was going on. Someone outside saw her, but didn't intervene, trying to, like, reach out. Charles Ramsey, the dead giveaway guy song. It's amazing. Y'all need to go watch it. He kind of like started trying to pull the door, but he couldn't get it open. And so he like kicks it and he's like, there you go. Finish kicking it out and you can get out. And she said once she was out, she called for Jocelyn to crawl through the door. The two of them went and found a neighbor called 911. Police got there and got the other two out. Okay. She said, I was terrified just because there's people on the streets does not mean he wouldn't hurt me. I was so terrified. I still don't know why he left that day with the door unlocked. I'll never know. Gina said she remembers it took her a while to come out of her room because she didn't believe it was the police. Yeah. Uh, She said, I thought maybe they were people in costumes because I was shocked. And she said she wasn't the only one. When I was telling first responders my name, they looked like they'd seen a ghost, like their face completely dropped. So August 1st, 2013, he was sentenced to life plus a thousand years after he pleaded guilty to 937 counts of kidnapping and rape. He said, I'm not a monster. I'm sick. I'm a happy person inside. The and- fact that you could even say that. Shows what a monster you are. Exactly. Like, like yes, you are sick mm-hmm. and you're a monster. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you're a happy person inside? What? What, what do you mean? I'm sorry, here. How what? can you possibly even be? Well, how? Like, how? What? Like, this is giving me heartburn. Just like, <laughs> okay. I was having an emotional break. <laughs> yeah, everything's fine. I've already gotten all my tears out and I'm just. <laughs> okay. Okay. So in court, he says, when I picked up the first victim, I didn't even plan it that day. It was something that I planned that day when I went to the family dollar and I heard her say something. That day, I didn't say I was going to find some women. It wasn't in my character. Okay. It had to have at least already crossed his mind exactly. several points for his first thought to be like, I'm going to take her home. I kidnapped somebody. Yeah, I'm going to take her home with me. Yeah. She's in a dollar store. Let's go. Like maybe you didn't plan to take her specifically when you got up that morning, but. She was, to be this open to right, the possibility. Right. It's not like this is your first time you thought about it. September 3rd, 2013, they find him dead in his prison cell. He killed himself. He hung himself. The coroner, because there was a lot of speculation that it wasn't suicide, that it was erotic asphyxiation. And the coroner was like, no, no, no. The lacerations on his neck, he, he purposely killed himself. Like, freaking coward. Exactly. He held them captive for 10 years and he, uh-huh. he made it, what, just a few months? Yep. So they demolished his house and they made it a garden. Amanda and Gina together wrote a memoir, Hope, a Memoir of Survival in Cleveland, with the Washington Post journalists Mary Jordan and Kevin Sullivan, and it was released April 2015. When this article was written, Barry worked with a local news station covering missing children and adults in the Cleveland area. She said, that's the most important thing that I'm doing right now. I just want to make the world a better place. Uh, She's also still raising Jocelyn, who is doing great. God, I hope so. She said, Jocelyn is more special than I could even use words to describe. I always describe her as wise beyond her years, which I'm sure she is. Jocelyn's former teacher said that. 
In 2018, Gina founded the Cleveland Family Center for Missing Children and Adults to work with families who help them navigate the media to help go to the police station, she said. When she disappeared, we really struggled as a family to get help for anything, and Gina really feels no family should ever have to endure that kind of pain while they're looking for a family member, said one of her cousins and also co-founder of this Cleveland Family Center. That center is also located on the same street where she was held captive. She said, I just want to change the neighborhood. I want to turn it like positive and I want to give back. She was kidnapped at 14. And look what she's doing with her life. It's really something. And they said when they walked outside, when they were rescued and felt the sun for the first time, they were just like, wow, this is what this is. Almost 10 years. So, do we know about Michelle? Like, I know Gina and Amanda. These articles, I didn't see anything. I'm trying to look her up real quick at your Wi-Fi. It hates me. Oh, it really does. I just would like, since we know what happened to the other two. Yeah. And what they're doing now. I just want to know. Looks like she got married in 2016. She actually had a son before she was kidnapped. So she made several attempts to reunite with her son, who was two years old when she first went missing. Mm. This is when she's not working with rescue animals. Michelle Knight travels the country speaking with domestic and child abuse survivors. She found it really difficult to find a job because of her case, so she changed her name to Lily Rose Lee. Oh, that's pretty. She made two books about her story. The first one's Finding Me, A Decade of Darkness, A Life Reclaimed, A Memoir of the Cleveland Kidnappings. The second is A Life After Darkness, Finding Healing and Happiness After the Cleveland Kidnappings. Yeah, that said, she's become an outspoken advocate for trauma relief. Yeah, oh, look, it says at 4 a.m. every morning she wakes up to feed her animals, which includes a dog, chickens, birds, reptiles, and a pony. It <laughs> sounds like me. Yeah, totally. <laughs> It's really something, it seems like all three of them, at least when they came out of this and their, their move was to figure out a way to use it to help people. Yeah. Which is really admirable. Right. You know, in any awful situation, I feel like in a way to try to turn it around, you want to find a way to make something good out of it. But like, this is such an awful situation that I'm just like, man, I'm so glad they got out. And I, and I, we don't know the story of them to become advocates of victims and victims, families and to use this horrible thing because it, it would be you know when you go through something awful and it helps to talk to someone who knows yeah yeah you go through something like this it's very rare that you're going to find somebody right, exactly. who knows and exactly they have each other and now they're helping mm-hmm. other people i just think it's really yeah and to have your space on that same street i'm curious how far it is from your story oh from the cleveland mm-hmm. strangler story yeah i don't know what is happening i don't know cleveland i'm worried no i hate it okay yeah, i hate it so much i'm so sorry no i'm glad you shared it. i mean you know i just love sharing the victim stories right it's amazing and these people to see what they survived. did after right. yeah we got an email it's been a while ago and i'm sorry that i can't remember your name right now but you emailed and were because saying, names were so good with <laughs> something about children and you were like i know you guys don't like to talk about kids cases and it was almost apologetic. And I just yeah. wanted to say, like, you all can send us everything you yeah, want, exactly. even if it's a case that you think right. we're not going to cover. Right. Because it's not that I don't think they're important uh-huh. at all. Yeah. There's a lot of stories that need to be told for any number yeah. of reasons. Yeah. That's a story that I think should be shared. Yeah. It's just, I it's mean, hard. as you can tell, I have a hard time with, right. with anything involving right. um, rape. 
Yeah. No, it's horrible. Yeah. So I'm glad you called it. Yeah. I'm sorry. I kind of fell apart. Oh, no. I had already fallen apart. I was fully expecting to do it again, but I held it together. Okay. Well, it's a powerful story. It is. And also, you know, it's amazing to think that these people exist, that people like Ariel Castro are out there in the world. And because he's just, not the first, he's not the only man that's ever held a woman in prison no, in his home for a long period of time. And that's his response to a thousand years in prison after pleading guilty. That's it. Just like, okay, well, I'm done. Ah, uh, just, yeah. I'm out. What a monster. <laughs> okay. All right, guys. We love you a lot. We do love you guys so much. Um, we're going to have new merch. You know, we've been talking about it for a while. We're we've so got excited. in samples and samples and samples. And so I think we're ready to go. Mm-hmm. So start looking for that at the beginning of next week. We'll save that thing on our Tuesday episode to remind you. And if you're in the Patreon, remember, if you're at the Body of a Goddess or the Janet levels, you get a discount code. Mm -hmm. And um, that's posted at the beginning every month. It changes every month. Um, Anything else? I just can't wait for you all to see some of the designs. I'm so excited. I know. I'm really excited. They're all so cute. They're so cute. Uh, Okay. We love you. So much. Goodbye. Goodbye.